Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hello, welcome back to the Liverpool Groove. Uh, I'm going on my own today, but I am delighted to say that Joining me, former Red, David Raven. Thanks very much for joining me, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm well. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Yeah, pleasure all mine. Um, so yeah, get straight to it. Got a good bit to ask you. Uh, different points of your career. So you joined Liverpool April 2001 from Tramiers Academy. Um, what was what was that like when you got the sort of call from Liverpool? Um, it was it was um. I was like 14 and so uh was a 14 ish around that time. Yeah, so I was playing for Trammy at the time, uh Whittle schoolboys, and I started attracting a bit of attention off different clubs. So obviously Liverpool being one, as Everton, United, Blackburn, all the sort of northwest clubs. And um although Liverpool was like I'm a Liverpool fan, it wasn't the case of right, I'm just gonna go. Um although like that was my heart. So I was thinking, well, let, let's think about this. Logically, uh, I'm trying to make a. At that point, I started thinking mm, this could be something in this for me. You know what I mean? Whereas before then, you don't really think about a career in football. But at the at the time, I, I went to Blackburn. I'd look at them because they were brand new academy. And then I went up to Man City as well. Sat down with Joe Royal, and I'm very very close to joining them because um, I knew a couple of lads there. Uh, there was a pathway into the first team. Obviously, there isn't now, you know what I mean? It's different now, but back then it was the Man City of old. Um, and I looked at it, and then eventually it was, um, we had a lot of games called off, and I loved it at Trammy. I loved it. We had a good side, the coaching was great and all that, but just the facilities weren't great, and we had a few games called off, and eventually I was like, well, what am I doing here? Like, all these academy games are on, like Liverpool, all this. I said, well, I, need, I need to leave, this is it, I need to go. And um, I just remember making my mind up. Went over to, went over the water to have a look at the training and the new academy over in uh, Kirby. Came back, said, yeah, that's where I'm going. And my dad said, right, sorted. I said, yeah, that's that's me. So I did give other teams a chance. I give you know, I give everyone a chance and a good look at things. I say Blackburn were very good at the time of getting people through the youth systems and as were uh, Man City and uh, as yeah, the others, obviously United and stuff that didn't didn't touch United, but like. That was just a, a step too far, that one. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I, I did have a good look, and but I just my heart just came into it. And I, I just need to join this 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 club. Yeah. That yeah. Was it. When you're having them initial conversations with the clubs, is that what they outline at the start? Is it like the pathway to the first team? What that looks like for you? If you progress, how yeah. they feel? You should. Yeah. No. Yeah. I suppose it, it's not like a. Uh, so the, the start talking about your um your white seat. What you call called the YT then YTS scheme, um, the youth training scheme, and you start talking about that and numbers and stuff. And we weren't really interested in. We might, I was remember my mum and dad saying we don't really want to talk about money. It's it's pointless. It's it's too young and it's um, you know, and it was that pathway. Can't is there a realistic pathway to the first team? I mean, even our thought about like 
going to like a Sheffield Wednesday or something, you know, because I thought oh, he might be able to get into the first team then and blah blah. You know what I mean? That I did think quite logically like like that, but um, it just yeah, it was just one of them where I just had to join Liverpool. That was it. Yeah, and who, who was it that you met at Liverpool? You said you like spoke with Joe Joe Royal at City. Was Gerard Ulay involved in the negotiations nope. there? No, no, so it was just Stevie Highway and um Jim Aspinall was a was a chief chief scout there and he was uh, he was on the phone on a Sunday. So again, it's that far back that we didn't have mobiles and they just ring your house phone on a Sunday. <laughs> Makes me feel so old. Showing your dates there. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, it was Sunday night came and it'd be like, here we go. And the phone started ringing. It was different. Archie Foxley was another one. He lives around the corner from me up in Breesby and the Whittle. And um he's another one who was um great. What what a guy he is. Um, good to see him still going strong. I see him sometimes, and um, he was the one. He was always on the phone and stuff. Come and join us, and blah blah blah. And it was just that. So it's just him, Stevie Highway, and Jim Aspinall. Um, so obviously Gerard Ulier was the first team manager at the time when you joined. Did he get down to Kirby often to watch the youth teams? No, no, no. There was that was the. I mean, they've done it right now. They the, the ten years too late in my opinion doing not too late but it's 10 years a massive gap of having two separate sites that i never understood um and he was he was just always first team i never really you wouldn't you wouldn't see him you wouldn't see first team lads you'd just be purely in a, in a in the academy and kirby doing your own thing until eventually i, I moved up to melwood um and I, I started getting a bit stale i was playing under 19s football when i was under 17 so sort of playing two years up and then i sort of stayed at that level but I was just sort of I just got a bit stale and so they, they needed to push me on I remember John Owens was was the coach and he said um, he's saying you're either he's going to go stale or yeah, and we lose him or we need to start stimulating him again so he pushed me up to Melwood to come train with the first team and the reserves there so and I did it did the job it kicked me on again because um, it was finding like my confidence was 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 dropping as I was just like well what, where's this going what am I doing you know sort of thing yeah so yeah, that was when I went up to Melbourne and, and joined there, yeah. <clears throat> was it we did so was Julio still there when you got moved to Melbourne or was that Rafa? Yeah, Julio was the manager, yeah, yeah, yeah. For not not that long. Um probably I don't know, six months or so, I think. Right. Yeah, like that, yeah. And then obviously Rafa comes in and I'll you impressed Jordan the pre his first preseason started sort of being involved in match day squads a little bit more. Um what was it? Was it weird for you that being part of that squad? Because I've read a few things and like you, you felt I've seen that you felt like you were sort of on like the periphery of the squad. Was that a weird feeling for you? Yeah, I, I, I not had time to compare it to really, and it was um, I was on the periphery or what you know I was sort of in and out. I got my chance against Tottenham in a cup in the League Cup. Um, I felt that I did take it after a, a nervy start, and then I thought, right, here we go, like and. I look back now at hindsight and um I always remember Alex um oh god Alex uh, my god I can't remember his second name anyway he's, he's uh, Alex Miller say again Alex Miller yes yeah god how can I forget <laughs> he was just saying to me all the time like you need like get out your comfort zone push yourself and I was and I felt that I couldn't do any more I was working my hardest I was fit and all that you know what I mean I was doing everything I could and it just didn't I just didn't quite make that next step I think that's what it was um, you know, I've said since then that had I got twenty games, then yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have found the level. I think I think that's what you do. But Liverpool need more than that. Liverpool need well, look what Trent does to a right back. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it takes that to a new level, doesn't it? 
And I think that's what Liverpool require. Um, at the time, Steve Finnan and Josemi were in front of me. Steve Finnan, loads of respect for him. What a player he was. Um, but Josemi, again, not up to much. And he kept saying, like, get yourself in his shoes. You know, you need to be next in line sort of thing. Um, and it just didn't quite quite happen. I remember the, the games I played in. We played in the League Cup at Crystal Palace, the FA Cup at Burnley, played in the league at Southampton. And all of those games we lost through no faults of my own. It was just bad team performances. We were going through a bit of a slump at the time. And um, I mean, the only one really doing anything was Stephen Gerrard. And, you know, he was dragging, dragging the team like by, by himself. And so it was, it was tough really to to get to get that run of games. Um, but you look back now and you find your level and you do find your level. I probably just wasn't good enough and didn't quite have... There's a couple of things I'd do differently. Um, there is a couple of things I'd do differently, but um, finding that belief that I am a Liverpool player, I don't think I quite had that. And I look back now and that's quite frustrating. Is that down to, you know, you look at, like you say, Stephen, fantastic player, one probably the most underrated player we've ever had. But then you look at someone like Yosemi, never daily set the world alight. And then you're looking at someone like him getting games over you. Does that then go to you? What else have I got to do here? Possibly, yeah. Sometimes, yeah, it can be demoralizing, yeah. Um, but you're also surrounded by international players. Um, you're looking around. You've got Javi Alonso and Didier Man and John Anarisa and like Stevie G and Carrig- Jamie Carragher. Like, am I am I up to these this level? Am I as good as these lads? You know what I mean? There's always that niggling down. I just think the lads who go on and kick on and make it, I've got that belief in themselves. Yeah, I fully belong here, but I never really felt that, and that's that's my that was my issues. You know what I mean? No. Whether that would have come, give me a bit more time, then yeah, maybe. But it was just the case where it's a results business, and um, yeah, it was. It just became. I remember a point where I'm looking around. I was in the England setup at the time. I was captain of England up to under twenty level, and I'm playing in England games with, I mean, like James Milner, Wayne Routledge, um, you know, Gary Cahill. And these lads are playing week in, week out in the Premier League. And we had lads in the Championship playing like like Richard Chaplow, like 40-odd games, 50 games in the Championship that year. And I'm thinking, wow, I need to get out here. I need to go and play because I'm going like this against, you know what I mean? And like yeah. just playing reserve, back to reserve football where there's no crowd. Because the minute you're playing the first team, then you go and play at the race course ground on a Tuesday night in Wrexham. It's like, whoa, yeah, this is a big difference. Well <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And so yeah. you need that again, you know what I mean? And and I just went chasing, and I, and I left, I left Liverpool then with a year left on my contract, um, because I knew where to go and play. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I, I read about that to be fair as well, and um, I think the Burnley game, the FA Cup one, obviously famous for the Jimmy Traore own goal, mm-hmm. um, and I read you speaking, you know, highly about Jimmy. He was a great, great lad, good player, very underappreciated, I think, um, but. Did, I don't know if how true this is. I read something about uh, Rafa coming into the dressing room and, and basically saying, you know, you blew your chance to make a, a stake in the first team. Is the only truth behind that? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. Um, he basically, his team saw after the game was um, all you young lads that you've done. So you're not going to, that was that was your chance, do you know what I mean? To go and play more games and, and you've blown it. And he was right. He was, <laughs> I can't argue with that. The league was more important. And still is, isn't it? So hmm. that game, that game, it was a the pitch was a bog. It was a leveler. You know what I mean? It could have gone sort of either way. And Jimmy does that. It'd be nice to have just got a replay and 
back to Anfield and beat them there because we, we, we would have done. Yeah. Um, but the, it was just, it was. I remember it was called off and then it, the, we, you know, then replayed because the pitch was that bad, but it was still a bog and it was just, you could hardly stand up on it, you know what I mean? And yeah. when it's like that, it is a leveller. Yeah, um, it's tough for anyone to play well. But yeah, it was, um, that 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 did happen, yeah. Um, you, you know, that's, that's probably where he gets his reputation for being cold, I imagine. Mm. That's what people yeah. say. Yeah. I think probably one of them t- things you've got to do at the top, isn't it? Kind of no sentiment. Yeah, yeah. I've got like no that. qualms with that. I, I've got no qualms with that at all. Yeah, we did let ourselves down. So it's, yeah, that's yeah. it. Um, but, you know, you did get to make your Premier League debut coming on for Sammy Ipia, you know, big boots to fill straight away. Um, yeah. But then, you know, Harry Redknapp sending Peter Crouch out to your side to, to yeah. defend him for... 25 30 minutes. Um, what, what was that like? That must have been a new a bit mouth for yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, I mean, enough back then, you got sort of hazy memories of it, of it, but like I do remember Daddy Redknapp, yeah, get on him, get on him. So a young lad comes on, he just comes out to left wing, next minute, diagonal after diagonals coming on. And again, it was a game where I come on for the last 25 minutes, but we, I think we were 1 0 down away at Southampton, playing badly. Do you know what I mean? Um, and so. You know, I need to go and try and make things happen. It was it was a tough one. We played. It was just after the Burnley game, and believe it or not, my legs were still stiff from that because <laughs> the pitch was so heavy. I remember being before it. Um, Stevie Warnock. We were walking through the town. I was just having a walk in the morning. He said, "You're playing here, by the way. I think you're going to play." Um, and I was like, "Right, well, okay, yes." Yeah, so I was preparing to play. You know what I mean? And um, but yeah. Anyway, gets on. I get on, and it was it was great. You know, it was just a, it's just a brilliant experience. Um. I mean, seeing the Liverpool fans in the corner, it's just, this, even though we got beat 1-0, it's just that support's unbelievable, and they them away fans. And you go away, I remember going away to Europe um, by Leverkusen, we played in the Champions League. And uh, one of the funny things I did, actually, I was on the bench and I carried on wall. I, I had, for, for some reason in my head, I thought we could make five subs. But you can now, like we couldn't then. And so I'm warming up, and three subs have been made, and I'm still up and down warming up. And I just remember just looking like all oh, Liverpool fans are just jumping up and down and winning something like four two. Um, and come back in and did the man's like, Where have you been? I was like, I've just been warming up, like, you know, this is the most stupid like thing I've ever seen in my life. Is I'm gonna put this in my book. I said, You can't get on anymore. There's a three subs. I was like, Oh, yeah, <laughs> um, obviously, yeah, I mean, you were. You know, you were there. I know you were on the bench a few times in the Champions League, and you managed to get on the pitch in Istanbul, like to with the celebrations and that. Um, but again, reading, you know, about yourself, and you didn't really feel. You felt like did you feel like more of a fan at that moment yeah. than a player? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't earn that at all. Do you know what I mean? And I, like that's, I just, I jumped all over the bandwagon. Absolutely, got on the bus on the, on the, um, we were offered to get on the bus. Said absolutely, yeah, I'll get on that. Um, I mean, we were lucky with that. That's like another, another story. But um, yeah, I, I did feel it. Yeah, I didn't earn that. I didn't play a minute in the Champions League. So them, them going and winning it. It's yeah, I was more of a fan, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, done other things in my career that I like counts higher than that. Because uh, it didn't have anything to do with it, yeah. So you know, I was there, appreciated it, great experience on the pitch after um, changing rooms, all that sort of stuff, mixing with the players after, it was great. But um, yeah, didn't I didn't earn it, so yeah, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um. So as you mentioned, you you end up leaving Liverpool with a year left on your contract and going to Carlisle, I believe, was after Liverpool. 
Yeah, well, I went to Tramion on loan first um, for the last well three or four months of the season. Um, again, went and I just went when it was League One relegation fight, so it was, uh, it was baptism of fire. It was tough, um, you know, some good sides in the league and that. And I actually got injured in playing for Liverpool in a reserve game. We played it. Uh, Stephen Gerrard was playing and he came on for like half an hour so there was thousands of people turned up to watch him do you know what I mean and I, I hurt my knee I, uh, done my medial just tweaked it but it was it lasted for weeks and weeks and weeks but I went to Tramia I said yeah, yeah I'm fine fine and I wasn't like so I was playing there so I was not fit which didn't I didn't you know give myself the uh, well it wasn't 100% so you can't imagine I didn't I look back I think wasn't I didn't play that well when I went there but no. anyway Carlisle came in the summer I went up there and I was Again, uh, team on the up in League One. Um, good feel about the place. Uh, so yeah, do you know what? This, but I needed to get away. I thought I needed to go and get me head down and try and just be a footballer, work hard, see where it takes me. And it was a tough, uh, tough move for me. First time away from home, went up there, uh, away from friends, family, everyone. Um, and it was tough for the first few months. And especially the fans up there had this fans' favourite, who was the right back from the year before. Um, chatting in his name and, and booing me and all this. I was like, oh my God, this is hard, this. That was tough. That was yeah. one of the hardest times of my career, yeah, getting booed by, by your own fans. And then eventually I won them over and ended up having some of the best times of my life up there like for four years. Um, done really well. Should have gotten to the champ. Got beat by Leeds in the semi-final playoff stuff. It, it was brilliant times for me. Um, and then broke down with a, with a hip injury, which, yeah, sort of nearly cost me my career. Um, lucky, lucky to get over it and 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 keep playing afterwards. To be honest, so yeah. Was that something in training, or was just it come... was wear and tear? So I had um, a hip impingement. So I went to see this specialist. It kept breaking down of this groin, just like turning like a like a rope, and uh, went down to see specialists because you just get breaking down, breaking down. He said, "It's you've got a problem with your hip. You need a, an operation." It was a six month layoff. But then when I came back, I kept breaking down again with different things. So eventually it cost me probably two years of my career. And I'd left Carlisle at that point, joined Shrewsbury, played good football there. But again, kept breaking down with bits and bobs to do with my hip, needing injections. Went to Tramia again, same thing happened there. And I'm thinking, wow, this is finished. This is done. So went and done a plumbing course. Got a qualified as a plumber um, through the PFA. Um and then out of the blue comes a, a, a phone call from Inverness, Terry Butcher in Scotland. <laughs> so I was like, right, okay, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of Inverness, I've, again, seen that, you know, saying Inverness was probably your best your best years as, as a player. What was what was so good about playing there? It was just playing in, in Scotland in the SPL. I loved it. It was just felt like I was a footballer again. I was fighting for something. We, and we, had, a, we had a great side. We had lads... You know, like the likes of Ryan Christie now down at Bournemouth, um, Graham Shinney and um, people like that went down to play in the championship in England. So we had a top, top side. So we were, you know, we were beating Celtic regular um, up there, finishing third. And again, we went on to win the Scottish Cup, which was just a major, major thing for us. Um, I scored the win in the semi-final against Celtic at Hampden. That is just career highlight stuff in the last minute of extra time. That's like pinch yourself stuff do you know what I mean yeah um, and it just it was just a, it, what a place to live it's beautiful as well do you know what I mean everything and we had two kids up there me and my wife so it was just a brilliant time of my life like for six years 
it was just brilliant. Um, yeah. I was in the peak of my career, like that age where you're, you know, up to 32 was that golden period. So everything just went really well. Everything went right. Um, and it was just, yeah, I just absolutely loved it. Yeah. Yeah. What was what was Teddy Butcher like? Obviously, I imagine for yourself being a defender, getting a call from someone like Teddy Butcher must have been like great for you. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was like wow. All right, I didn't even know where Inverness was. Never heard of them. Like, but I knew just they were playing in the SPL. I thought, well, that's that's me. I'm going. Do you know what I mean? And we had no other choice. That was it. I was at that point in my career where I didn't really have any any other choice. And my wife was working here um, as a teacher and said, right, we, we just need to up sticks and go. I'm going to do this. It's it's only going to last so long. Let's go for it, and uh, we did. And oh yeah, it's Teddy Butcher. What a character! What a man! What a character! He's he's a brilliant man. Still speak to him very rarely now. I say the last time I spoke to him was a couple of years back. Um, but absolute headbanger. I've honestly smashes the change room up. I've seen nothing like him. I mean, I've, I was got up there. I've seen gaffers lose the rag, but not like this. I was thinking, oh my god, he's smashing it up. He's like. There's chairs and things going, and there's all bottles going around the changing room, and all. I'm like, what's we only drew one one, like you know what I mean? Like, what's going on here? Like, oh god! But then he'd come on, he'd then come in on a Monday morning with a big tray of cakes, like as if to apologise to the lads. Like, here you go, lads, let's have a cake and let's have a chat about it. Oh, there's some funny things he used to do. God, he's like he's he tried to like we had this slow closing door and he's trying to slam the door and he just keeps going slow and he's like <laughs> making a fool of himself trying to kick things and put, oh, but he was funny he was great I loved him he um man management wise brilliant up there with the best man managers coaching wise wasn't great which I was surprised about but man manager he was great to get a team together knitted bonded was great I mean a couple of lads used to go out on a Saturday night and um sometimes to get themselves into trouble so Monday morning comes, he's had a phone call. We've had a lad in jail or something, you know, someone's been done something stupid. And he pulls us all in and he'll say, Right, lads, sit us down. Tell me what tell me what happened, tell me the truth, what happened. And the lads just would tell them the truth. We had a few Irish lads from a rough, rough estate in Dublin. So they didn't take any any shit. So um they'd say the fan said something to me and pushed me. So uh, I chinned him and next minute we had a bro and we all jumped in and and and, and he'd just say, Did you win? And he's allowed to be like, yeah, and he said, like, that's fine. You're backing each other up and you won't. I'm happy about it. <laughs> he would say, I'll do the rest. I'll look after the press. You lads just, he said, but do me a favour. Try not to get into these fights. Do you know what I mean? But as long as you stick together, I'm not bothered. And that's the sort of thing that he created. You know what I mean? And the bond that we all had was just, um, he had a big part to play in that. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. Now, sounds like proper like brotherhood, what you need at a football club there. Especially up there. Because that's all we had. We all we had lads from all different places in England, and we'd all like up sticks to go. And you have to like you have to get on with people. You have to make it work. And if it works, then it's it can be it can be a good thing, really strong thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I know you had spells at the likes of uh, Wrexham and uh, Warrington Town as well. But a notable game sort of later on in your career was the, the FA Cup game against Tottenham with Medine. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. well. <laughs> What was that like? That must have been like a surreal experience for oh, yeah. a club the size of an E. It was brilliant. Oh, I loved it. It, it was during lockdown, so it, was, it just kept me going. And it was just, well, I, I'm reading everybody's like down and depressed and stuff like this. It was just unbelievable for it to happen at that point in my career. I was, what was it, 37 or something like that? I can't remember, 36. But never thought something like that would come around again. We just went on this run again. We had this good side, like working for each other. And because... 
this FA Cup run kept going. All these leagues were shutting down, but we were able to continue training. And, um, you know, we were just beating teams above us, like Chester and Colchester. We beat them away and uh, Haven't and Waterlooville. So we're beating teams like three, four leagues above us. Next minute, like Tottenham, you think, oh my God, amazing. It was, it was brilliant. Um, I, I mean, I just gutted there was no fans there because it was, I think, the week before the government announced again you need to lock down. Um, and we were just a bit disappointed there was no fans there. So that was the only thing. But other than that, it was, it was great. I mean, yeah, what are you going to do against teams who are bringing on £30 million left-backs and your your lads are on 200 quid? you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's on the <laughs> But, like, oh, it was great. It was great. And I, I never thought it would come again. It really did, like, sort of put the icing on the, on the cake of my career, if you like. I, was, I probably should have stopped then. Um, at that point, I was like, um, you know, you start feeling things, you, and it's affecting your daily life in terms of work and stuff like that because um, it takes its toll. Do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was brilliant. We had, you know, I remember Jose Mourinho coming in the changing room and all that, and he knew what he was doing. So he came in the changing room and he had this Tottenham um, goalkeeper's shirt and Tottenham had a keeper from Portugal uh, on the bench or something like this and. Um, we had our keeper who was from Portugal also on our bench. He said, oh, he's coming in. He wants to give this to, to your keeper. And I was pissed off at the time because I was like, he's trying to, all the lads were like, whoa, it's Jose Mourinho's just coming. I was like, lads, he's the enemy. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? We've got yeah. to beat this today. We'll do that afterwards, boys. You know what I mean? And they're not like, their players are walking through and we're like, a few of the boys are like, oh, Joe, Joe Hart's quite tall and he's taller than I thought and all that. I'm like, boys. I said, I had to go out to see the manager, Youngie. The young, you're gonna to have to come in here, mate, and have a chat to the lads here because we're gonna get done ten. And he's like, "Why?" I said, "They're all looking at them, like wanting their autographs and that." And like, is that dog? So like after the game, a few of the lads like swap shirts and all that. But I, I've never been one for that. I've just never been one to put people on a pedestal and sort of downplay yourself. So, um, in the end, there was a few t-shirts left, so I just picked up uh, a Tottenham buzzy Joe Art on the back of it. I thought I'll grab that. Someone might want that, but I didn't like get it signed or anything like that. But um, it was good. It was really good. Good experience. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Now I think you seen there was a bit of a. I know it was during lockdown, but there was a sort of togetherness in the community as well. There was people yeah. watching from their houses and and things like that. And uh, yeah. that's what the FA Cups are all about, isn't it? Like you, you love yeah. these stories. Oh, it was brilliant. I, I think it did really give people genuinely something to look at and be like excited about and people came out on the street they probably broke the rules of lockdown at the time and came to clappers and all this when through going through crosby on the bus and stuff um and it did give people a, a proper lift and you, you could see it i mean there was a, a few news bulletins and stuff that they'd interviewed a local residents and they were just absolutely buzzing and it's set the club up now for probably the next 20 years as well Do you know all the Tottenham fans bought yeah Virtual tickets. I think he sold forty thousand tickets and up upwards of like nine hundred thousand quid. You know they put a four G in. It's like yeah, they set set the club up massively. So it's uh, it's just positive stuff came from it and yeah. absolutely made up for them now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I suppose with it being in lockdown, that Tottenham game could have been the difference between sort of Marine continuing to operate and and not. I suppose couldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably right, yeah. And Marine, I mean, when, when I went, it's, they weren't in a, in a great place as a club. Youngie just took over and he's, he's, he was trying to do all the right things. Um, so the cup run just come from absolutely nowhere. And um, and again, for my career, 
I, I remember finishing the game and it was just was such a flat feeling because it's like, well, well, what, well, what's next now? We had a party organised for the Radisson town and that was cancelled and all this. And you think, mm, I don't know when I'm going to play football next day. You know, this lockdown nonsense going on. I was thinking, because I remember doing an interview and he said, what do you think? I said, I don't know. I don't know if I can come back from a, a yeah. six-month layoff, if that if that's what it is. As it happened, it wasn't that long, so I, I decided to carry on. What, what attracted you to a team like Marine? Because obviously, like you said, you know, quite quite a bit down the, the football pyramid. Um, nothing to be honest. Youngie, um, I was so when you finish playing at the levels I've played at, you know, you finish the you finish your career and people think you're a millionaire. You're not. You know what I mean? You have got a couple of quid behind you. Not not major money. So I'm I'm I. You have to then transition and in, into work and stuff. And if someone's offering you a, a few hundred quid a week to come and play part time footy on top of full time wage, you do it. You've got two kids, you've got a family and stuff, and that's that's one of the reasons why I joined Warrington Town. It was like never on my agenda to do. It was always right. I'm a full-time footballer. I want to stay professional in terms of what I'm remembered as. I want to be a coach now. Do you know what I mean? And had I probably got a full-time coaching role straight away, I probably wouldn't have played football. But then as time went on, I realised actually how much I needed it, how much I needed to play football. And being part-time over a period of time weaned me off the the drug of training every day, um, of being around that environment every day, of, and and does didn't help me to transition away from football, and I was still in a position when, um, like Youngie came knocking and do you want to join Marine? And I thought, well, yeah, it's an extra, however much it was a week for me wife and kids, on top because you know I wasn't earning great money coaching and stuff like that, and that again that was at a major thing to do with it, and again. When I did it, it became one of the best things I ever did. You know what I mean? It was because I love football and I was well-respected there and everything else and keeps you fit. So I just did it for those reasons. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. and when you get into the club like Marine and some people aren't half passionate about it and um, the fans there, you got like a little, little hard group, hardcore group of fans that are passionate about it. You sort of get that like... I don't know that feeling again where you're full time. You feel like you're full time again. Do you know what I mean? It feels like a bit of a club again, and it's good to be part of. And I think it's just that it's been part of the environment. It's been part of that sort of you're trying to achieve something. And like even now, like I'm, I'm continuing in coaching role, do more hours than I've ever done, not playing, and assistant manager at Warrington Town now. And you just think the addiction of just trying to achieve something and being in that environment. I think that's what it is. It keeps you coming back, and it just keeps you coming back. It's all you've ever done. It's what you love. And um I think that's probably why I carried on as long as I did. Yeah. Um so you've kind of already answered this, but so going part time did that massively help that transition from player to coach in the end? Yeah, it probably did, yeah. Yeah. Um it did. It gave me time to sort of hone coaching skills when I, I was working for for a company um in private schools. Um which was great, running football academies and then doing this on top. It didn't half help. It just, it does wean you, excuse me, it does wean you off the drug. It does wean you off. I mean, I know a lot of lads can just walk away from it and I thought I could and I, I look back now, there's no chance. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's helped a lot, yeah. And like I say now, it's like I'm a I'm a coach at Warrington Town with them and it's, it's great. Absolutely love it. And how's things going this season with Warrington? 
Yeah, we're doing well. We're up there at the minute in the playoffs, as are Marine. We're in the same league now, so um, it's all to play for. I think we're sitting third or fourth, but it's tight. The sort of top seven or eight, like there's only a couple of points between us. And uh, oh, it's it's great. The challenge, the challenges are like you know of part time football, massive. Obviously, time wise, you're not going to spend as much time with the players. We train Tuesday, Thursday. Facilities wise, you know, you know, we don't get the same facilities. All this sort of sort of the challenges are, are massive, and um, although it's part time, it's basically full time. Me and the manager, we speak every night. We're planning things. We're, we're looking at footage of other teams, how to play against them, footage of our own team, and our own performance analysis. And it's only us two. So the learning curve that I've gone through the last eight, the last eighteen months has probably been as big as any any learning curve that I've I've ever had. You know what I mean? So it's been brilliant. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so alongside that, um, I believe you're the director at K two Performance. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, that's a company I've started with. Um, you probably might know Mark Leyland was uh analyst at Liverpool. He's gone to Newcastle now. He's now he's got to actually going to Man City in the summer with him, another lad, Paul Parry, uh, Martin Robinson. So we basically, again, come from non-league. Footage, it's basically a footage sharing platform in non-league where it happens all through the league. So when you play Liverpool, play Tottenham, you know, I know everybody sees it on Sky, but they, 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 their games then go on huddle. So, you know, they can analyse each other's games and stuff like that. And it doesn't happen at non-league. Um, down in the Northern Prem where Warrington and Marina and stuff so we're sort of filling a gap and um, it's just it's, it's an analysis tool and it's a game match sharing platform where managers go on put the games on they can look at their opposition they can look at their own games and stuff but it's just it's a basic stripped down version for lads who are working because everybody's working men to do when you sort of lunch hour um, yeah and it's going quite well it's going quite well we're trying to branch out into the Isthmian at the minute which is the um the sort of central belt league for the same level because it's all regionalized. Yeah, yeah, so that's gone quite well. Yeah, do you think that's that's going to help non-league if you know if it goes as well as you hope? Is that something that can really help push non-league football to the next level? Yeah, that's our idea with it. Yeah, because I mean, when you do go up the levels, it becomes a a norm anyway. That's what you have to do. So we're trying to say, well. If you let's say you're a manager, I'm a manager. We both share each other's games on this platform. You can see me, I can see you. So there's no there's no secret. So then, what you have to do is improve your team, and I have to improve mine because I know you're looking at me. So I need to do something different, um, and we constantly need to evolve. And the whole thing just gets better and better as the footage gets shared because everybody has to improve. You've got, and if you don't improve, you get left behind. So that's the sort of main sort of idea with it. Um, and we do see it going that way, and it has gone that way. The elite levels do it all the way down to the, the conference north. So we're the next level down, um, and we we see us be filling that gap. And has that been all off your own back? So have you had any like funding from the FA towards it or anything like that? No, it's all all, all from our own back. Yeah, it's all. Um, it, we have gotten in touch with a company, of, um, a. a Contact of Marks, Mark Leyland, and and they, they built the platform. It was already built as such. This platform, uh, we just tweaked it and changed it to match to, to be football related, um, and so we've just done it all just on our own back. Yeah, and it's um, it's just something else, another job for me. <laughs> Trying to keep that one going as well. Yeah, so no, it sounds it sounds great. I mean, if it helps push non-league football to a better level, then yeah. you know, more power to you. It's it sounds amazing. So good luck with it. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah, um, 
Right, so moving on to Liverpool a little bit for this yeah. season, and I think it's safe to say it hasn't been a great season. Um, yeah. Last two league games gave us a bit of optimism. Madrid then came and yeah. battered us. <laughs> it's only real way to, to use for it. What, what do you think's gone wrong for Liverpool this season? Do you know what? It's just been well documented, hasn't it? I think you can see. I don't watch enough Premier League and Liverpool football to be... Um, well versed on it, I watch the highlights. I'll listen to Carragher and Neville talk about it. But because my life is now looking at other games and stuff, I generally do that. So Liverpool on a telly, I watched them. So I mean, we we were working the other night against Madrid, so I didn't see that. But I saw the I saw the derby, um, so I watched them when they're on. But it's just for me from the day one, there's something wasn't right. And I was I said to me dad at the start of the season, I said there's something not right, and he's like, what do you mean? I said I don't know. I said, I just look at Jürgen Klopp and he just doesn't look right. He doesn't look, he looks wiped. He looks done. And he, this was like two or three games in. And he said, no, no, don't be daft. He's all right. And I, I stick by it now that I think a lot of this year is a massive hangover from last year. I think they've left it all on the line and it didn't happen. And it's just like, oh, the demoralisation and the exhaustion they felt, I think, had a massive effect. On top of that, you've got injuries. You've got people who can't do what they used to be able to do. And it's just been compounded, hasn't it, into one big like story, if you like that. We're not playing as well as we can. Um, and it just needs freshening up for me. It needs freshening up. I, the way Klopp has his team playing, I think you're getting like three or four years out of lads and you've got to move them on. It just seems to wear them out a lot quicker. Um, like Jordan Anderson just can't do what he did last year. Yeah, he just doesn't seem to be able to do it. Um, he's getting older, and it, all of it. I, I experienced it myself. All of a sudden, it, it just it hits you, and you think, "Oh shit, I I can't get that." When you, last year, I was getting it. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think we've had a few few of that, and obviously injuries. We've missed a lot of players, but yeah, it's just been a bit of a perfect storm, hasn't it? For you know things to go not as well as they they could have done. Uh, everybody had like high expectations, and mm. to get so close to being Invincible last year on it must be so tough to take. Yeah, you definitely. Fall on the line, you lose, you lose, lose out in the Premier League by points, and you get beaten up. European Cup final to you know to get all four. You're invincible, aren't you? And yeah. then, so yeah, but listen, I got faith. I got faith in 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 the club and the manager and in his staff and all that. It's like it's just this for me is a cycle. It's a transition period for them again. Yeah. Um, give them a year, two years, maybe back back to where it was again. We haven't got the, we haven't got the finances that City have got to just go and splash out on other teams. You know what I mean? And look where Arsenal are now. That's been a process of a couple of years. Yeah. You know, what I mean? this is what this is what happens. So I think we're in that bit of a cycle phase again, where we need to get fresh plays through, get plays back fit, get through this season. Um, let's just write it off. <laughs> yeah, as soon as possible. Yeah. <laughs> um, what would the sort of perfect summer look for look like in your eyes? Perfect summer. Yeah, in terms of like transfers and outgoings and stuff like that. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. That's really that 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 that's a tough one. And the, the, when players that aren't playing so well, they get a lot of stick, don't they? And it's um, and then you say we'll get rid of them in the summer, but I really don't know. I'm not like. It's hard for me to turn around and say, you know, because uh, Joe Gomez gets a bit of stick to the night, but I, th- I think he's all right, you know. And then, and then you're looking at like Tiago, is he 
past his best yet. You know, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Everybody's yeah. got their own little opinions. Um, like Trent's had a poor year, hasn't he? But like, you're not gonna like just ship these lads out because what they've done in the past. It's like, and he's still he's still such a young lad. Yeah, you know, he's still one of the best footballers in the Premier League. Stuff like this. So I don't know. I'm not. Um, as I say, well versed enough to um give a qualified opinion on that. Um, and I, you know, me, me knowledge of players across Europe isn't big enough as well. If I <laughs> to bring in, so yeah, fair enough. Um, one last one then, like you mentioned them there, Trent not having the greatest of seasons, but he's been phenomenal for oh, us yeah. over, over the last few years. As a right back yourself, like how much has he changed the game? Oh, he's changed it massively. He's he's fundamentally changed it. Um, I think Pep. With the way he started playing, changed it, and then Jurgen Klopp comes in and puts his style on top of it. Next minute, you've got this like machines run up and down the wing with him and Robbo on either side, and it's just phenomenal what they can do with the ball. Um, he's doing diag 50, 60 yard diags and finding people that you'd think I didn't. You know, sometimes you watch the telly and you think, and you can see passes, and you on the pitch is not you, you. You know, you struggle to see it. He sees it before you've even seen it on the telly. You know what I mean? He's that good, but then. I do watch him at other times and I'm, and I'm like, you need to get yourself in position, mate. You know what I mean? You're out of position and you get, I, I, I remember watching him a few times and I just, oh my God, he's got away with that one. He's got away with this one. Hmm. I went up to, I went to Wembley for the cup final and I was quite high up and um, I thought he was caught out of position a lot. I mean, we just got away with it. Yeah. But I think now we're not getting away with it. I think that's, that's what it is. And he's changed his game a lot. You can see that he's changed. He's, he's um, and Liverpool have changed around him as well in terms of they know that he's um, he can be got at, and so that 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 alters the team. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That's got a big a big thing on it. But he's what a phenomenal footballer. What a talent. You know what I mean? Keep nurturing that. He'll be back. He's, he was one of the best right backs in Europe for a couple of years. When he let's let's be honest. So yeah. he's not so he's um, he's finished that by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, mm. no, I agree. Um, well, that was everything I have for you, David. I really appreciate you taking the time out to join me today. No, you're welcome. Yeah, thanks. Enjoyed that. was good. Cheers. Yeah, me too. And, um, you know, best of luck with Warrington and best of luck with K2. Appreciate that. Ta. Cheers, no mate. Me. Take care. Sports Social Podcast Network.